Welcome to the Hirschfeld Century Podcast. I'm Katherine Eastman, the Archives Manager for the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. And I'm David Leopold, the Creative Director. And today we're talking about... My Fair Lady. Oh, My Fair Lady. On the marquee of the show before it closed was the world's greatest musical. Mm. Now, those are fighting words for those of us who like musicals, but (laughs) arguably it might be the world's greatest musical. It's it's a great one. I think a lot of people know the score. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Definitely. It's definitely made its mark. And they know the score in part because of the cast album. Mm -hmm. The album has a distinctive piece of album art. It is the cover by Al Hirschfeld. Yes, it is. Very famous. Very famous. Uh, Most people really know the show. They're, They're... They're... almost picture of the show, is the Hirschfeld drawing of it. Right. No, definitely. Uh, And immortalized in 1994 in a play by uh, Paul Rudnick called Jeffrey, where uh, the priest says to Jeffrey, I know where you got your idea of God, where most people get it, from the cover of the original cast album of My Fair Lady. (laughs) You thought Shaw, who was working these marionettes of uh, Rex Harrison and Julie Andrews, was God, as did Shaw, I believe. Now, I've paraphrased uh, Mr. Rudnick, and yes. I apologize to him. I don't have the script in front of me. I think but, that was the gist of it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Me and what what he's meant to say is this is a very significant piece of album right. artwork. So. And kids, for those who grew up in a time before they had lots of uh, visual options to look at, you know, you when you when you played a record. You looked at the album cover mm-hmm. uh, because that was the only thing to look at. Yep. And we studied them. I mean, we I, I remember reading every word on an album cover mm. and really looking at it. Uh, and those LPs were such an important part. Uh, oddly enough, if it was up to Hirschfeld, he never would have drawn that. Really? Why not? Oh, he... he well, this goes back. You have to start at the beginning, mm. which is... There's which this, beginning, David? There's many beginnings. <laughs> oh, on the sixth day. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Shaw, George Bernard Shaw wrote a play called Pygmalion based on a myth mm. uh, oh, really? about an, uh, an artist who sort of falls in love with a piece of uh, a sculpture that oh, he created. Oh, interesting. Isn't and, there a famous painting of that? Oh, there's many. There's many, many famous paintings. I'll have to find that and I'll uh, put it in the album or the uh, the album notes. <laughs> We're talking about albums. Yeah, right. In the, in the show notes, I'll post the, the drawing. No, uh, it's been a regular theme. It's mm. shown up in paintings for a very long time. Mm. Um, and Shaw wrote a, a wonderful play called Pygmalion um, that features all the characters we know and love, uh, mm-hmm. Henry Higgins and Eliza Doolittle. Um, he changed the focus somewhat uh, and made it a really sort of women empowerment story. Oh, interesting. Um, although the original myth is, you know, they didn't talk much about women, woman, uh, yeah. female empowerment uh, yeah. in myths. But uh, certainly he did. Mm. Um, and very popular play. Uh, many producers wanted to film it over the years. Shaw resisted. Mm. Um, he thought that. Uh, what film adaptations of his work had been made he was very unhappy with finally producer uh, Gabriel Pascal convinced him to do it and asked him to contribute to the script Mm. which I believe he won an Academy Award for oh nice nice Uh, 
the when that film came out, uh, released by MGM in 1938, mm-hmm. they asked an artist we know and love, Al Hirschfeld, to create the posters yeah. for the uh, for the film. And there are quite a few posters. Oh, there's the at least four. At least well, there's four. four Actually, five posters. Mm. Um, there are four vertical posters and one uh, 24 sheet. Right. Um, that is actually the first time Hirschfeld used an image of Shaw uh, working marionettes of the characters. Oh, that's where that starts. Yes, that's exactly where that starts. And that starts because Shaw is literally, if you have ever seen a George Bernard Shaw script, mm-hmm. there are tons of stage directors directions he is literally moving the characters around Mm. the stage manipulating what they say and do any playwright i suppose does that shaw was a master of it oh interesting i did not know that (laughs) Uh, that's what we have this podcast for (laughs) so the film comes out in 1938 and i read that the famous the rain in spain Mm -hmm. stays mainly plain that wasn't actually in the original play that Correct. was added during the movie. So that's just a fun fact for you, my contribution <laughs> over here. The success of the film actually, and which not only introduced the rain in Spain, mm-hmm. but actually gave the uh, play a happy ending. Oh, interesting. Um, it wasn't in a the happy original ending. play, uh, Eliza does not stay with Henry Higgins. Aww, uh, very sad. And in fact, it, as I said, it's a story of uh, a female empowerment in a, in a, to a great extent. And uh, in the original play, she leaves, and he actually appends a six-and-a-half-page epilogue trying to explain to audiences who he understood would be disappointed that Eliza doesn't stay mm. with Henry Higgins mm-hmm. uh, about why she wouldn't, mm. you know, that she liked uh, Freddie and the Colonel much more than she liked... And she really didn't like Henry Higgins oh. and Mr. Doolittle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, MGM Hollywood 1938 was going to take nothing less than a happy ending. Of course, no, definitely. But it made it actually a more attractive property. Mm. And uh, Pascal would actually go on to make two other films of Shaw plays. Neither one of them was as successful as Pygmalion. But the idea of turning Pygmalion into a musical started to come to the fore. Mm. Um, after the success of South Pacific, Mary Martin came to Rodgers and Hammerstein and asked if they would adapt it for her, mm. and they couldn't. Oh, interesting. Uh, Cole Porter thought about it and realized he couldn't write English lyrics. Mm-hmm. Frank Lesser, uh, or even even Irving Berlin. Oh, wow. So a lot uh, of big-time names wanted this for a musical. Sure. Uh, Irving Berlin would later say that... Uh, um, my Fair Lady was not an important book musical because he said, uh, I could have danced all night. You could put that in almost any show. Uh, I think <laughs> oh, that's he, true. <laughs> I think he was a little uh, jealous. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sounds like it. <laughs> nothing against Mr. Berlin. R- wrote some very fine songs. Sure. Uh, and great shows. But he had a aversion to the book musical. Gotcha. Well, we all know it becomes a musical. Pygmalion becomes Spoiler My Fair alert. Lady in 1956. Well, and Hirschfeld also has some a uh, small role in it. Uh, he tried to convince Moss Hart, the original director of the musical, uh, to not do it. Uh-oh. Uh, he did not think that you could improve uh, Pygmalion with songs and dances. And in fact, I found a, a really wonderful quote of his. I tried to dissuade Moss from embarking on the foolhardy project of turning Shaw's Pygmalion into a Broadway musical. 
I couldn't for the life of me imagine anyone adding songs and lyrics to Shaw's masterpiece. Besides, it's axiomatic in the theater that when you name something My Fair Lady, the critics are going to lambast you simply for the chance to play with your title in their headline. My fair to poor lady. No fair lady. Fare thee well, lady. And, of course, as usual, I was proven absolutely right. The show was an absolute disaster, as have been the dozens and dozens of revivals since. Uh, as usual, uh, that's uh, as wonderful as that quote is, Hirschfeld actually reduced it to even a shorter two lines. In his book, American Theater, as seen by Hirschfeld, when he reproduced the drawing. The foolhardy task of adapting G.B. Shaw's Pygmalion into a musical was attempted by Lerner and Lowe. Moss Hart tried to stage it. Three British actors were engaged, Stanley Holloway, Julie Andrews, and Rex Harrison. It, did, it turned into the, quote, American, unquote, classic, My Fair Lady. <laughs> I think it should have said, I think if he really wanted to be snarky about it, he should have wrote the American, quote, classic, unquote, My Fair Lady. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hirschfeld had a great... Uh, sense of humor mm-hmm. about you know people would ask him oftentimes you see shows on the road right i think we talked about well, this reminds me of the oklahoma opening exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, people think that hirschfeld was sitting there deciding if the show was good bad mm-hmm. or anything and that's not what he was at right. the show for he wasn't a critic he wasn't a critic yeah now when he went to opening night he was much more conscious of the show mm-hmm. and looking mm-hmm. at it right. um but he also understood that what he liked, other people might not like. Right. You know, right. He, he was open to all experiences. Yeah, that's good. That's how it should be. Yes. Very good. So after trying to convince Moss Hart, he stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my gosh. One, uh, they were obviously night. friends. Oh, they were friends. They yeah. were all old friends. And uh, they, he stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning trying to convince Moss not to do it. No. Now, Moss was a really important figure in the making of My Fair Lady. Although it is Lerner and Lowe's masterpiece, mm-hmm. Moss really wrote uh, or rewrote the book. Oh, Uncredited, uh, didn't feel that he uh, he was just doing his job, he felt, mm. but he really rewrote that book. And uh, he was a crucial player in bringing it to the stage. Mm. And in fact, Lerner and Lowe's two greatest musicals are this and Camelot, both of which Moss directed. Oh. So uh, ironically, after... Hirschfeld tries to convince Moss not to do it, the producers come to Hirschfeld and ask him to create the show art. Oh, no. Which they would use in all the... And did he have anything to say about that? Well, it was a drawing. Okay. I, mean, I wasn't sure if he was like, fine, if you pay me, I'll do it, but it's not going to be a hit. <laughs> you, all, you always had to pay him, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He didn't... I can only think of one time in his whole career where he turned down... Uh, uh, assignment. Oh, right. Um, in 1987. Musical. Yeah. It was a m- musical about what? Oh, it was Starlight Express. But what, was it about vampires? Or? No, no, what, no. What was it about? <laughs> it was this crazy show of uh, trains and mm. all the actors were on roller skates and they, oh, it was gosh. a totally, I tell the story in the Hirschfeld Century book. Um <laughs> But uh, Hirschfeld went and came back and said, I'm not drawing that. Oh, wow. Uh, and he actually turned out to be pretty smart. The show didn't last, yeah. although it had been a big hit in England. Oh, no. 
<laughs> um, so he got this assignment. Now, Hirschfeld had made some pretty wonderful posters mm-hmm. for Pygmalion. Uh, in addition to that 24 sheet that I told you about. Right. He did uh, four other posters. One has uh, Shaw wearing a sandwich board that has all the information yeah. in it. There's a great one of uh, Shakespeare and Shaw doing almost an acrobatic act. Yes, yeah. Uh, like Shaw had, act. Yeah, balancing act. Yeah. Shaw had famously said that he stood on the shoulders of Shakespeare. Mm. So Hirschfeld drew that as well. There's another That's one cute. of Shaw uh, doing a self-portrait, but he's... You know, you, you see him as the artist and as the subject, and yes. he seems very sort of demure. <laughs> you know, he's standing there in the nude with like a fig leaf. Oh my gosh, and, uh, that's funny. He's he's blushing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they were really they were great. They were fun shows, and actually, mm-hmm. when um, and he did lots of other artwork for it. Uh, we have pictures, and we'll try to put them up on the website. Uh, of uh, the installation at the Astor Theater. Yes, it was huge. Incredible. It yeah. was, I mean, it was it was stories high. And then you went to the theater. You could not turn anywhere in the theater lobby and not see a Hirschfeld drawing wow. of some part of uh, uh, Pygmalion mm-hmm. uh, show art. Mm-hmm. So he was very familiar. Uh, he, it was the first time he had drawn uh, Pygmalion, actually. Mm. Um, and he would go on to draw a number of revivals over right. the years on Broadway. But this was the first time he drew it. Um, and so he had a very good sense of who Shaw was. Mm-hmm. And even if this was a musical adaptation of Shaw, he knew that Shaw was at the controls. Right, right. He knew it was the same thing. So he had them as marionettes, mm-hmm. Rex Harrison and Julie Andrews. Right, just uh, like as, he did for the movie. Yes. yes. The, well, right, exactly, just like he did it for the movie. And what's so amazing about that artwork, and I love it because not only is it a great drawing, I always love where Hirschwald hides his signature. You yes. Know, sometimes no, it's, it's right fun. there. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, here it's in the fringes of mm-hmm. her scarf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So great. It's very sweet. Yeah. Very sweet. Um, he would actually recreate that image as part of a mural at the uh, Playbill room, Playbill mm. restaurant at the Hotel Manhattan in 1958. Oh, interesting. He did a mural of... Uh, Shaw and Rex Harrison and Julie Andrews, like they were on mm-hmm. the poster. One of uh, Shakespeare uh, working his oh, characters, right. which yep. were, in this case were Lawton Fontan and Taming mm-hmm. of the Shrew, which mm-hmm. had been a big show in the 30s. And then he had Eugene O'Neill yeah. uh, working the characters from uh, um, Long Day's Journey into mm. Night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very famous one. And he also did a, a more generic version Yes. Down the road. While the original one he did was Rex Harrison and Julie Andrews, he did a poster of the same drawing, but it was not Rex Harrison and Julie Andrews. It was just a man and a woman. Right. So that it could be used on tour or, you know, different theaters that are putting on the show. And it's frequently seen today. Right. If Still you see used. a production of, of My Fair Lady uh, in a regional theater, mm-hmm. uh, in a school, um, they will often use this key art. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's really remarkable that here it is, sixty years later, and it still sums up the play yeah, as well it's as anything. Still, still the image of the show. Exactly. Yep. He drew Julie Andrews. The first time he drew Julie Andrews was the year before, in, to mark the hundredth performance of a show called The Boyfriend. Right. Right. And, and it's a wonderful drawing that it also has a, a tip to the hat to uh, Hirschfeld history because of mm-hmm. John Held. Mm-hmm. He's got these sort of Heldites in the background. Right. Um, and a year later, he would draw her in 
uh, my fair lady. In my fair lady. Wow, just as a little, a little young spring blossom, <laughs> or whatever it's called, spring chick. Um, <laughs> now Julie Andrews holds a record for the most drawn woman by Hirschfeld. That is remarkable. How many times was she drawn? Uh, that's a great question, David. I believe it was fifty-four times. Fifty-four times. Yeah, it's a lot. That it's is a lot. lot. So yeah. from nineteen fifty-five until two thousand two, mm-hmm. she was drawn fifty-four times. Mm. Uh, and there's a reason for that. Now there is a, she does have somewhat of an advantage to this title that she holds because there was a film called Star and the producers commissioned Hirschfeld to do something like 25, 26 drawings for promotional materials. Right. They actually commissioned 39 drawings. 39 drawings. 22, which featured, or 26 actually, which featured uh, Julie Andrews. It was a fictionalized uh, biopic of uh, Gertrude Lawrence's life. Mm. Um, they thought it was going to be a smash. I mean, right. Julie Andrews was a big star after Sound of Music. Mm. Uh, yeah, what year was this? What, what this year was Star? Star was 68. 68? She had uh, been in Sound of Music and Mary Poppins, both really successful mm-hmm. films. So they, 20th Century Fox thought they had a guaranteed winner right right and it turned out to be not a winner is that correct yeah and i read i think because she was kind of like a um how do we say this word she was a bitchy music hall queen exactly and the world wasn't ready for julie andrews to be that i think that played a role i think the era of the big movie musical was over Mm, i think young audiences did not have an interest in that i guess really it does kind of there's Annie, but that's not really a big musical. Oh, that Annie's not for another ten years. Yeah, after no, that, I'm saying, I'm saying after, after sixty-eight. That. Yeah, there's really not a lot of those big. Right. It's just fun you know, musicals. It's, it's almost at like uh, the apocryphal story in the 1930s and about 1930, 31, with uh, people coming to the box office and saying, you know, interested in the film and saying, it's not a musical, is it? <laughs> Right, right, right. It was a little bit like that <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the musicals that audiences wanted in 1968 were things like Hair. Right, right. The, the idea yeah, yeah, of uh, yeah. Gertrude Lawrence singing music hall songs uh, yeah. throughout her whole life and her not, career. Not what the the youngins are interested in. Yeah, the, the <laughs> press kit was in the shape of a performer's trunk. It was actual trunk. And they oh, had these oh, uh, reproductions of uh, uh, playbills and programs and oh, uh, so show posters. Fun. And they had these 39 Hirschfeld drawings. Wow. Uh, so This is for Star. We're back on Star. Uh, Sorry, everybody. Star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, we talked about a bunch in there. Didn't want people to get lost. <laughs> Still on Star. So they, they, they obviously put a ton of money into all this promotional stuff. Between yes. the Hirschfelds and the actual trunk and the reproductions. Oh, yeah. They yeah. really thought they had a winner. Yeah. And it flopped almost immediately. Ugh, they recut no. it and released it under a different name. Oh, and it no. also flopped. Ugh. So he did, I mean, he drew, uh, he did, he drew Julie Andrews in a lot of wonderful Oh, yes. Roles. She was in a lot of other things. My point was that out of the 54 times she was drawn 26 of those were for star so that's a big little boost she has that no one else really does right i mean stan laurel was uh laurel and hardy are up there and for whatever reason stan Stan laurel has one more than oliver hardy (laughs) 
And if you know where that Oliver Hardy yeah, mission I'm drawing still, is, we'd like to I'm know. I'm still doing the math on that. I'm not sure how that happened. But, you know, Fred Astaire was drawn like Quite a, a, yeah. a, a, almost yeah, 50 Sinatra times. Sinatra was drawn a lot as well. Right. And my, they did not have 26 drawings no, of No, no, no. Dedicated to them. My... Um, on my short list of things to do, it's right at the top. Uh, my number one to-do list item really is to count the number of times that Perlman was drawn. Oh, gosh. Because SJ I... S.J. Perlman. Yes, S.J. Perlman. Because I truly believe that uh, he is the most drawn person by Hirschfeld. Folks, I we really have a do. lot to do here at the yeah. Al Hirschfeld Look, Foundation. I'm very busy. <laughs> and uh, we haven't gotten around to counting the Perlman's Maybe I'll uh, do drugs. that. We're getting off track here. But there are quite a few Perlman books that Hirschfeld illustrated. Oh, yes. There's and Perlman's books. in most of those pages. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, Julie Andrews definitely uh, holds the record for the most drawn female. We can say she, that with confidence. She was drawn nine times in My Fair Lady. Wow. Wow. Okay. And all of those on stage. All of those on stage. She mm-hmm. famously did not uh, was did not appear in the movie version. Right, right. Uh, sort of like Carol Channing not appearing in the movie version of Hello Dolly. I know. I'll never get over that. Uh, I'm pretty sure Carol Channing never got over it. Really? Oh, see, was that a? Did she want that? And who would have? That was picked? a major motion picture. Oh, now I'm sad. Uh, I tell the story though. I, I contrast the story of Carol Channing and Barbara Streisand mm. in uh, in the book mm-hmm. uh, the because they both in the Hirschfeld Century book because. Um, Carol Channing, really, I mean, Hello, Dolly was an incredibly important role, and she had already been in several great shows. But Barbara Streisand had come out of sort of nowhere in 1962 mm. with I Can Get It For You uh, Wholesale. wholesale. Mm-hmm. And great drawing a few, of that. Great drawing. Hirschfeld, uh, again, I tell the story in the book, uh, Hirschfeld was at her audition for the show. He was great friends with Harold Rome, the mm. composer of it. Um, and within a few short years, she so dominates. Mm. And I and I talk about it through the lens of Hirschfeld drawings. You can see the drawings that appear mm-hmm. that by the time they make the Hello, Dolly film in the late 60s, she's the star of it. Mm. And uh, it's not a bad film, but uh, yeah. w- <laughs> history is is going to have a, a small hole in it because we don't have Carol I Channing. I think history remembers Carol Channing as Hello, Dolly as well. Sure. Yeah. Although it's being rewritten right now with Bernadette Peters and uh, Bette Midler. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, they, yes. They're oh, really no, definitely, significant definitely. Uh, dollies. Yeah. They're dollies for a new century. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing. Carol, don't take it personally. No, we love you, Carol. We love you, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Any event. So, uh, and she was also, I'm just looking here, she was also uh, drawn twice in Camelot, Julie Andrews. Right. Which was also the other learner in low. Musical right. of success. Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. In fact, uh, we got a uh, email from a fellow mm-hmm. who wanted uh, wanted to ad- us to identify a drawing. He was in a class. This is in the Midwest, and his professor would bring in things. That, it was a, a class about curating, and they would he would bring in a pile of things, and the students would each take something out of the pile and write like a museum label about mm. it. And uh, this fellow was contacting us because he wanted more information on this piece. It turned out to be Camelot, and it turned out to be the original drawing. Mm. And I told him it was quite valuable. When he said, how valuable? I said, well, that's, you know, like a forty or $50,000 drawing. He wrote back to me that uh, his professor was no longer going to be bringing yes. that piece in. Please don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to really throw in a pile. Um, she was also drawn in Mary Poppins twice, right? Uh, putting it together twice, mm. and 
I think this is very interesting. She was drawn in Victor Victoria five times. Wow. He drew her in the original film, Mm -hmm. and then he drew her a number of times in the stage, uh, the Broadway uh, adaptation. Interesting. So uh, that's how you get to be drawn 54 times. Yes, yes. Well, she has a great career, and she's still going strong today. Yes. You go, Julie. Uh, one of the few performers who outlived Oliver, uh, outlived Hirschfeld. Yes, no, that's that's very true. Very you know, true. Uh, whole, you know, Julie Harris had an incredibly mm. uh, wonderful career. Yep. Long, uh, Hirschfeld was working for decades before her, yep. and worked for almost a decade after wow. her last Broadway yep. appearance. Yeah, just really wild. I pass her every day on my way to my kitchen. My, <laughs> <laughs> she's on my big three sheet of East of Eden. Uh-oh. I have a soft spot for Julie Harris. Uh, now Rex Harrison yes was no uh, shirker he was drawn 28 times which is still insane I mean I think we've talked about this before usually if you type just a random name in the you know our kind of database of who's been drawn mm. it's usually between one and four would right. you say that's the average right. number of times someone's been drawn and certainly the big stars like a Catherine right. Hepburn right or then you get a, a into the Clark you know Gable. high teens 20s 28 is significant. That's quite a, a lot of drawings. Well, that covers uh, a more than 50-year uh, period. Wow. You know, 1936 to 1989. Wow. Uh, he drew him, uh, he drew Rex Harrison uh, nine times in My Fair Lady. Same as Julie Andrews. Right. <laughs> uh, but also drew him as Henry IV, Henry mm. VIII, mm. Caesar. Yeah. He drew him twice in two different shows with Claudette Colbert. Uh, he uh, he drew uh, Rex Harrison four times with his wife Lily Palmer. Oh, that's I Harrison's know. wife, not oh, Hirschfeld. I did not know that. Yes, yes, yes. I did uh, in know fact, that. one of I think the great drawings, uh, uh, certainly one of the great posters, theater yes. posters that Hirschfeld did. I know exactly what you're talking about. Called uh, Bell Book and Candle. Is that the one you're talking exactly. about? Exactly. Yes, that is a great one. And in that poster, he had a, a, a cat plays a very important role in it. Is Pye it a Wacken. real cat on Broadway? Uh, there was a real cat. Oh I, my I gosh. think used on Broadway. Wow. I. But to be honest with you, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you cat lovers out there. Well, I know you're I a cat probably, person. I, I live with cats. Yeah. Yes, I'm a cat housemate. Yes. Uh, it, um, Probably was a real cat. Yeah. Um, but uh, the cat in the show, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but uh, plays a significant role. And what Hirschfeld did for the poster was take a cat and a ball of yarn mm-hmm. and th- let the yarn un- unspool so it made essentially drawings of Rex Harrison and Lily Palmer. Yeah. It's yeah. profiles of them in line. Yeah. And it's so simple, yet you can tell right away who it is. Really? See, I think Rex Harrison looks like Orson Welles in that one. <laughs> Don't you see it? It's the big forehead, I think. <laughs> Rex Harrison had a big forehead. You yeah, don't but usually so did Orson see it Welles. because in, in Hirschfeld drawings, almost always Rex Harrison is wearing a hat. Oh, interesting. Yes. Interesting. Well, because that. he frequently wore a hat. Maybe he was uh, mm-hmm. insecure about his hairline. May, there's a lot of men that uh, that happens to. I'm not one of them. <laughs> Uh, the first time he drew him, I just want to point this drawing out because mm-hmm. I think it's a very unusual drawing, was in 1936 for yeah. a show called Sweet Aloes. Mm. And if you look at this drawing, first of all, it is, I mean, you can see Rex Harrison. 
Yes. I mean, he, he, he looks like Rex Harrison, but as a young man. And we, all, almost all of us, know him as a much older actor. Correct, yes. Um, what I think is very unusual about this drawing is how abstract it is. Yeah. And how... It's, it's really nice. His co-star in the drawing is John Emery. And Hirschfeld, I think maybe for the only time that I can remember him doing this, he has a, a, like a half a pyramid for a nose. It's very... I mean, it's Picasso. But right. I almost want to say Covarubius, too. Well, the it's hair is very, Covarubius. Yes, it's very, um, uh, I it's don't know. It's designed it is, much more yeah. than character, although much, much more. it may be exactly what it was yeah. like. Yeah. You know, I don't think And he, he has given him this Jimmy Durante nose. But unlike, it's it's all angular. It's, no, no, no. I'm just saying he's accentuated the nose, whereas he usually does not do that. Right. I mean, this is very out of the ordinary. Very out of the ordinary. Yeah. So you should take a look at that no, it's drawing. Great. It's a great you've graphic. Never, if you've drawing. never seen it before, you will be it's in a for treat. a surprise. It's a treat. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, the he drew, as I said, he drew him as uh, at least two kings. And those are great drawings. Yeah. Uh, a lot uh, in one of them, he uses a dry brush technique. Uh, when he does the Henry VIII, there's a dry brush technique that mm -hmm. is really great that creates his whole, um, you know, what he's wearing, this sort of fur. And uh, it's, it's, it's tremendous. Mm. Um, and he drew him uh, in a lot of wonderful uh, plays, but also films. Mm -hmm. I think the first film that he drew him in uh, was uh, The Happy Thieves with yeah, Rita Hayworth. Yeah, I was just going to talk about this one. I love it. It's so, um, it's a little different. You get to see a, a sketch artist, Al Hirschfeld. It looks like they're, I mean, so I've never researched this film. I don't know anything about it, but I have a feeling that uh, they're art thieves and they're swapping out the real art for facsimiles. And the art in question is Velasquez, uh, Rokeby Venus. Yes, yes. And uh, it's very, very, it's very good. I like it a lot. If you want to see Hirschfeld do Velasquez, you have to look at this drawing. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, it's not Velasquez, but... <laughs> <laughs> Diego, you have nothing to worry yeah, about. No, yeah, yeah. He's not going to quit his day job. Oh, man. Okay. Um. Uh, but My Fair Lady, uh, oddly enough, so Hirschfeld drew it, the original production, obviously. Mm -hmm. There's a great drawing he did for Collier's. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, which has Shaw sort of putting his arms around, yeah. and I think this is significant, Rex Harrison, Julie Andrews, and Moss Hart. I mean, that's yes. how significant yeah. uh, uh, Moss Hart was in the making of uh, of uh, My Fair Lady. Now, was Hirschfeld friends with Shaw? Hirschfeld. It just seems that he he has a real endearment towards him. The way oh, he I portrays he him. Shaw. Okay, but you, they weren't like um, pals or anything no, like that. No, they were not okay. pals. Although okay. they would end up sort of looking the same. They do kind of look the same. <laughs> uh, Hirschfeld told uh, told a story. Uh, one day he was uh, reading a magazine and he. Uh, reads this article on Shaw, and, they, and Shaw's asked, you've lived a long life. What do you attribute your longevity to? Mm. And uh, as Hirschfeld explained it to uh, to me, um, Shaw said, well, you know, I don't eat red meat. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke cigarettes. I only drink milk. I exercise every day. And that's how you get to live a long life. And Hirschfeld thought that was really good advice. That was... <laughs> A, a, mm -hmm. a, a great way to live those a long time. Good. Yeah, those are all good uh, tips. Tips, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, a few pages later, in the same magazine, oh, no. there's an uh, interview with Winston Churchill. Oh, no. And 
Winston Churchill lived a long life, mm-hmm. and they asked him what he attributed his longevity to. And he said, well, he smoked a, a couple of cigars every day, <laughs> drank a fifth of brandy, and only ate red meat. <laughs> and he never exercised. Yep. So that's, uh, I think, uh, that's the secret to longevity, though. Yes. You know, you're good. <laughs> I think Hirschfeld did sort of a mixture of both of those. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he was well, a Chinese menu of And options. I think that's the correct way to do everything. It's all about balance. Yeah, it's yes. all about balance and everything. But he, he, he admired Shaw, yeah. loved his plays. I think it really shows through in the way that he um, chooses to you know, place him in the drawings. Sure. And it just seems very endearing. And I, I would have guessed that they were friends, just the way that he, just the way that he draws him. Well, like I said, I think there's a, a real honest to God affection and right. admiration, admiration for his, yep. for his work. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2008 at the Shaw Festival in Niagara-on-the-Lake yep. in uh, Canada, we did a whole installation on on uh, Shaw by Hirschfeld. Mm-hmm. And it, it encapsulated a 72-year part of Hirschfeld's career wow. um, from the chocolate soldier uh, oh, that's a great in, drawing yeah and I think 1928 yeah uh, all the way to I think the last uh, Shaw related drawing was actually a drawing of Pygmalion Oh, wow. Uh, from 1990 or 91. Really? Uh, so he, there was, and there were a lot of drawings in between, a lot mm-hmm. of different uh, plays, a lot yeah. of, obviously, uh, there were several Pygmalions. It was a great one of Peter O'Toole. Yeah. Uh, as well, Henry I saw, Higgins. I wrote down uh, Raymond Massey and Gertrude Lawrence. Oh, yeah. In, in 1945 at the Ethel Barrymore Theater. I saw that on Wikipedia when I was researching Pygmalion Productions. And that was a famous production of it. And I was like, wow, that is a, I would go see that. Oh, yeah, Raymond sure. Massey and Gertrude Lawrence. No, I, there were, it's, and these are one. great roles. Yeah, I mean, there's right. a production on Broadway right now of St. Joan. Right. I haven't seen it, but mm. I want to see it because it's mm-hmm. a great play. And if they do even a just competent job, you're getting yeah, something out yeah, of it. You know, it's yeah. like Shakespeare in a way. Yes. You know, you can get something out of almost any Shakespeare production, even the not great ones. Uh, so he he of course in the fifties and uh, it was on Broadway till nineteen sixty two. Wow. Of course, I mean. So that wait, was a what? That's a six year run. Six year run, wow. which doesn't sound so amazing uh, today when you know shows. Uh, I mean, yeah. If you run ten years, well, back thinks, then I guess it was Tobacco Road or Life with Father. Was sure, that it's, in the lead? well, it, at one time it was one of the longest running shows on Broadway, mm-hmm. um, although it never reached. Uh, what, the top. What, My Fair Lady, you're talking about. My Fair Lady. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now, I'm just, I know Tobacco Road was one of the longest up until oh, Fiddler, yeah. correct? Well, Life with Father. And Life with Father, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, but today, the longest running American musical on Broadway is Chicago. It's been running for 21 years and shows no signs of letting up. And by American musical, you mean written by Americans? Yes. Okay, okay. Cause yeah, I don't want to get nationalistic or anything, but yeah. if you want to just look at the American musical, and Interesting. Uh, it's arguable, but the the stage musical, the Broadway musical, mm-hmm. is really an American creation. Interesting. Um, okay. You know, Europe gives us the operetta. Uh, mm-hmm. It is really Broadway right. that gives us the musical, the musical that we know today. Yeah, because when you said that, I thought of Phantom, but of course that was written by a British man, so it's Andrew not an American. Lloyd Webber, yeah, he's having yeah. a very good year this year. Oh, he's always having a good year. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's why I just wanted to clarify what you meant by that. So that's, sure, that's a good little uh, trivia. Um, actually, when I said that when we were talking about how many times Rex Harrison and Julie Andrews were drawn in My Fair Lady. 
It's actually not true Uh-oh. that they were both in each of the drawings because Rex Harrison was drawn with Audrey Hepburn oh. in the film version. Yep. Now, this was a drawing that was done to promote the film. It was mm. not done for the New York Times. It was a drawing that appeared in publications all over the world right. to promote the film. Right. And it's great. And it was later published as a limited edition lithograph. Um, it's a wonderful piece. Uh, it initially appeared in September of 1964. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a Warner Brothers film, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah. So that's, it's very nice. Very, very nice. Very busy. Very busy. Of course. I mean, it's the Ascot uh, scene. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. uh, um, and so he was drawing, um, he would draw the, the next big revival of, um, My Fair Lady on Broadway was in 1976. It was the 20th anniversary production. Mm -hmm. And Ian Richardson, who had played, um, I think he played Doolittle mm. in the original. Um, was now playing Henry Higgins. Oh, and uh, uh, Eliza was played by uh, Christina Andreas. Mm. And when that uh, Herschel did a drawing for the Times, when the cast album came out, they put that drawing on the cover. Gotcha. gotcha. Keeping the uh, uh, the tradition alive, as yeah, it were. Yeah. Um, It was revived again on Broadway in 1981. Mm. And this time Rex Harrison was back in it. Wow. Um, It's a long time. It's a long, uh, it's a 64 to, what did you say, 91? uh, 81. Oh, 81. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Still a long time. Alas. (laughs) Rex wasn't appearing in anything other than a cemetery plot. Oh, we'll cut that out. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know what the cast album looked like, but it did not include the Hirschfeld on the cover. Mm. And maybe that's why nobody remembers it. Yeah, maybe. Could be. Could be. The year after he drew the film of My Fair Lady with Rex Harrison and Audrey Hepburn, he drew Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer in The Sound of Music. Ah, uh, yes. One of my favorite movies. Yes. As as with many others. Many, I, yes, I'm not alone in that. Uh, <laughs> arguably, maybe the most popular thing that Julie Andrews ever did. I dare say. In a career where she's done many, many, many popular many, things. Yes. Um, that drawing was also drawn to promote the film and appeared mm. in publications mm-hmm. all over the world. Right. Um, in 1967, while we're talking about films, he would draw Rex Harrison in Dr. Doolittle mm. because that was the original Dr. Doolittle. Uh, the guy who talks to animals. If I could talk to the animals, speak to the animals, yes. Uh, Herschel did, not, uh, did album cover art for that. Yes. Uh, so Rex this Harrison. is weird. There's two Doolittles here. We've got Eliza Doolittle and we've got Dr. Doolittle. Oh, I did not put that together until yeah. you said that. That is yeah. really amazing. It is weird. It's and weird. they and, and strangely enough, they were the actual opposite of that. These were people who did much, not little. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Doolittle. Oh, that's cute. Uh, but there no relation as far as I know. No, uh, no, no. Dr. I was Doolittle just I just thought and Eliza I just Doolittle thought of are it. not yeah. related. What a crossover. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> uh, he speech, also drew speech language therapy for dogs and cats. Right, they all they both have to do with uh, yes. language. Yeah, and they do. Oh wow. my gosh, we're really onto something we here. We may have found a hidden connection. All right, hidden... this is moving to the top of my to do list in front of counting the Perlmans. Connecting the t- the Doolittles. Oh, fantastic! Uh, it might be the. <laughs> this the... might be my million dollar idea. <laughs> <laughs> this could be it. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't uh, quit my uh, J job. Yeah, not, all right, not fine. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he drew Rex Harrison on television, actually. Oh. Uh, he, uh, Rex Harrison appeared on Omnibus mm, mm-hmm. as uh, Henry VIII. Right. And so the Omnibus was a program in the 50s right. on CBS. Um, and actually, the last time he drew Julie Andrews w- was also uh, television. Mm. This was uh, uh, Great Performance's 30th anniversary. And among the things that uh, uh, were included in this, which included many wonderful performers doing many wonderful things, was Julie Andrews performing Victor Victoria. Right, right, which he drew many times. So that was, uh, I mean, within a year, there'd be no more drawings. Wow. So well, takes us the, all the way the, to the end. The, right. Uh, Julie Andrews and Rex Harrison, uh, I think his last Rex Harrison drawing, a wonderful portrait actually, it was in 1989. Mm. Uh, Rex Harrison died not that long after mm. that. Uh, so again, there's another performer who Hirschfeld had been working for 15 years before he drew his first uh, Rex Harrison drawing. Wow. And he would work for another 12, close to 15 13, years yeah. uh, <laughs> After. afterwards. So yeah. and that's a, and Rex Harrison had a pretty long career. Right, right. Uh, so I guess the question is, why are we talking about My Fair Lady today? So usually we try to, uh, you know, choose our topics based on things that are happening. Yeah. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's what that's where we kind of start. Um, and there's a new production of My Fair Lady. Is it open now at Lincoln Center? It's in previews right okay. now. Okay. Uh, it opens, uh, I believe, April 19th Great. at the Vivian Beaumont yep. at Lincoln Center Theater. Yep. All indications are, uh, all gossip in yep. advance of it, is that it's going to be a great production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're excited about it. It's I'm going to see hype. it, in fact, this weekend. My only hope is it doesn't have as much hype as Star. Uh, because <laughs> that will not near. be good. Good, good, good. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, and if you go to the theater, there's a, a I'm biased. There's a wonderful magazine in the lobby called the Lincoln Center Theater Review, uh, which actually features uh, Hirschfeld's drawing, uh, original key art drawing, uh, in a program right. under souvenir uh, yep. inside the magazine. Um, but if you've never seen the Lincoln Center Theater Review, pick it up. It's a great issue. Um, as I said, I'm biased because I've been the picture editor of the <laughs> publication for 23 years. And uh, it's it's a literary magazine that's different from any other theater magazine that you will pick up. So I want to put a, do a shout out for that. Um, also, this spring, uh, later in the month in, in May, we are going to open one of our annual installations yep. in the lobby of the uh, Algonquin Hotel. This has become a annual tradition. Uh, since what, 2014? Was that there's our first? There's the tree at Rockefeller Center, and there's the and Hirschfeld there's the Hirschfelds at the Algonquin. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. I believe it started 2014. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've been doing this every year since 2014 with the Algonquin. This year's theme is My Fair Lady, um, because was it written? Or no, it wasn't. Was well, it written there, yes, at the Algonquin? Were, uh, uh, a portion of the show was okay. written in uh, a suite at the yep. Algonquin. They have a My Fair Lady suite. They do have a My yep, Fair Lady. They have Lady a Hirschfeld suite. suite as well. That's our favorite. Yes, obviously. <laughs> you can find us there. Um, but, but actually, you can find us in the lobby. When, yes. If you've never seen one of the Algonquin lobby installations, you're in for a treat. It's free. It's completely free. You do not mm-hmm. even have to, you just have to walk in. Yeah, you don't have to sit and, down. Uh, although the seats are quite comfortable. They are. You'll, I'll stay there all day. Um, <laughs> uh, they are. It's a very, very nice uh, space. Uh, but we put up um, huge reproductions. What, three foot, four foot yeah, reproductions? Th- of, three feet high, sometimes uh-huh. five feet wide. Yep, reproductions of Hirschfeld drawings all up around in the lobby. Uh, and this year's theme is My Fair Lady. 
And so you'll get a chance to see a lot of those drawings. Mm -hmm. um, and you can uh, uh, see if you can guess everybody who's in the drawings. Yep. Um, but there'll be a handout that will let you know. And that's going to run a good part of the summer, I think, to the beginning of August. Yep. Uh, yep. We'll be celebrating Hirschfeld's birthday there, yes. which is also becoming an annual tradition. Yes, that was so much fun last year. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, we made up. Uh, well, we we bought cupcakes. We didn't actually make. Them. I didn't make cupcakes, but I did make little. Um, what would you call those? Picket pictures. They I don't were know. little flags of Hirschfeld drawings yeah, that we, we stuck put, in uh, uh, cupcakes. Put drawings on one side, and I glued them to. Uh, toothpicks and we passed them out it was great fun everybody got to pick out their favorite I of course got the what's my line TV guide cover cupcake I thought you, you got Duke I McHale I, I saved the Duke McHale one too yeah. uh, David got the Jerry Garcia one always love my that. husband got the John Lithgow cupcake so it was a great time it was a great time uh, Pete and Will Anderson uh, yeah they the played us some music for us played all throughout the lobby yeah and it was very nice when it was all done we took the remaining cupcakes well Catherine took the remaining yep. cupcakes over to the Al Hirschfeld Theater yep everybody was lined up for Kinky Boots it was hot it was so hot, I was sweating, and I passed out the cupcakes, and I said, it's Al Hirschfeld's birthday, and some people were a little confused. Um, a street vendor got mad at me because I was stealing his business with my free cupcakes, but I kept on, and we passed out all those cupcakes to people going in the Hirschfeld theater. We love to share Hirschfeld with people. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was a great time. Yeah, so uh, you can look for us wandering the streets. If this you see somebody his, on June Now, this 21st, will be his 105th birthday, won't it? Oh, no, no, no. 115th? 115th, 115th. birthday. 115th. Okay. I was off 10 years. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, but every year is a good year for yeah. Hirschfeld. Yeah. And uh, so if you're in New York and you see uh, a woman sweating walking down the street with cupcakes, with Hirschfeld that's cupcakes, Catherine. That's me. Yep. Always. <laughs> it's probably only me. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Um, what are we going to do here? I'm going to put all the drawings in the show notes so you can After. follow along. Um, you can just click on there and you can see exactly what we're talking about when we talk in our little codes and you're like, what are David and Catherine talking about? And you should look at those while you're listening. Yeah. You, yeah. It's a really illustrated talk, yeah. really. And you can find all of our drawings at alhirschfeldfoundation.org. You can search whatever you would like. Performer, production, publication, date, year, theater season, however you like it. That's We're on Facebook, the Al Hirschfeld Foundation, Twitter and Instagram, at Al Hirschfeld. And if you like uh, the podcast, do us a favor. Yes. Rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Yes. Because believe it or not, that does help people find us. I, re uh, I read reviews for other podcasts. so Right. And it um, helps yeah. in the recommendations. Yep. Yep. Subscribe. Um, and our podcast website is alhirschfeldfoundation.org slash podcast with an S at the end. What does S stand for, David? Spain. Spain. The rain that's in what Spain I, yeah. falls mainly That's what on I was trying to do, but it wasn't starting out correctly. So you want to say that again? No, that's fine. We'll just okay. keep it that way. All right, everybody. Uh, have a great week, and we will see you when we do. So long. <laughs>